God is a God of just greatness. Yes, yeah. He's just a great God. Yes, yeah. Sometimes you just got to sit there and say, Lord, just thank you for being yourself, Lord. Lord, thank you for being God. Thank you for being who you are.
Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Thank you for being God. Hallelujah. Thank you for being our father. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, because you was our savior. We thank you for being our savior. We thank you for being our healer. We thank you for being our deliverer. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. So we want to just tell you how much we love you in this place, God. No greater love than your love, Lord God. So we give it back to you, God. We love you. We love you with all our hearts, Lord God. With all our minds, Lord God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him worship in this place. Come on, worship him in this place. Come on, worship him in this place. Hallelujah. He's already here. Hallelujah. He's here already. Hallelujah. He said he dwells in the praises of his people. So he's here. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you adore him. Tell him how much you're thankful for him. Hallelujah. For your good, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we love you in this place, God. We love you in this place, Father.
declaration that you love someone. But as I was standing there, I, I heard in my spirit, but can they articulate why? You know, we can declare, I love you, I love you, I love you. I mean, if my husband came home and told me I love you every day, but he could never tell me why, then it would just sound like to me just this rehearsed thing that you're supposed to say because I'm your wife. Well, do you know that God, you know, he has emotions. He has feelings. You know, for us to just say, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you. Sometimes we've got to be able to tell him why. You know, is it because he's been so kind? Is it because he healed you? Is it because he delivered you? Is it because he saved your soul? Come on, is it because he brought your wayward children home? Is it because he healed your marriage? Is it because he set your foot on a rock? Why? 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 You know, when you read the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, after some great conquest or some great feat, there would always be a next chapter or a next set of verses that would be someone's song, be it Aaron's song, be it Miriam's song, be it David's song, be it Solomon's song, be it Mary's song. There was a reason, man, they had to articulate why they had such great emotion for their God. Can I tell you tonight, we've got to understand why. Or your praise will be empty and vain in the ears of God. Hallelujah. You've got to prostrate your heart when you get to a place where you know it's not me, it's not my money, it's not been my connections. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I love you, God. And I can tell you why. Be more intentional about your praise. More intentional about your adoration. Amen. Man, the next time someone walks up to you, especially a believer, and they say, oh, I just love Jesus. Be bold enough and ask them why. That's your testimony. Why? Why do you love him? Hallelujah. Lord, in this house, we are not afraid to declare we love you. And we know why, God. When there was no way, you made a way, oh God. When we thought we couldn't continue and we couldn't carry on, God, you became our help our strength. God, you moved us from one level to another level, God, and we still can't explain how you got us out of debt, how you kept this band of believers together, God. We can't explain, God, how money just keeps showing up when it feels like we're running out, God. Hallelujah! How you've healed so many of us, oh God. Testimony after testimony of your divine healing, God, operating in our lives without the assistance of anyone else. No one else can get the praise but you, God. God, how you've opened up wounds that doctors declared barren, God. How you set families back on track that the lawyer said it was over and it was done, God. We thank you, Lord. My God, for raising up children who the system, they gave up on them. Oh God, but we have testimony after testimony. Hallelujah, mothers who stood and said, not my child. We thank you, Lord, in this house today, God, because we can praise you with understanding. You've done so many wonderful things, Father. You've made yourself so prevalent, so, so very present in our lives. We can't ignore you. We can't move around you, God. We do declare tonight that we've got to have you, God, because it's in you that
that we live. It's in you that we move. It's in you that we have our very being, God. Our lives are empty and nothing without you. Oh, God, we love you for the joy you bring, for the happiness. And, God, we love you for the word. Oh, the word that you so richly pour out in this house, God. Thank you that there are no dry seasons. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that in this house you're always speaking. And we, your people, we hear, God. Oh, God, but we are going to be more than hearers of your word. Thank you for the grace to be doers. We thank you, Father, for that. God, we say be exalted in this house. Be magnified. We, your people, we truly love you. We bless your name. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. There's nobody like our God. And I'm going to tell you, you know, especially as pastors, that's why you always, you know, always pray for your pastors. And I know you do in this house because we feel it. There, you know, there are days when, you know, we feel the strength and we feel the love. You know, but a lot of times, even amongst the family members, things happen that we cannot explain. You want to explain it, but you can't explain it. You know, but I'm going to tell you something. When those kind of things happen and you see something going in the opposite direction of what you know, the word says, don't you give up and don't you lose hope. And don't you question God and don't you doubt God. God is still doing the same. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still setting free. Hallelujah. He's still turning things around regardless of what you see out there. Oh, we serve the true and the living God. My. He cannot fail. And because you are in him and he is in you, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. I don't care what diagnosis you receive, the devil can't kill you. The only thing that can happen is, is you do what Jesus did and you lay down your life. But he cannot kill you. My God, he's a defeated foe. But in Jesus, we have victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's why, man, I love coming to the house of God. I love hearing from our man of God because he teaches me how to win. He teaches me how to fight. He teaches me how to be an overcomer. And not somebody who's under and trying to figure out how. To, no, he, I'm already on top of it. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, man, I'd have still been standing in some Baptist church. I'd have been that faithful, I believe. Still saying, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Man, but do we know that there's so much victory on the other side of the cross? Hallelujah. And those are those truths that are going to keep us. Man, in these last and evil days, that truth, that on the other side of the cross, when Jesus got up, we got up with him with victory and with power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's why I love my husband because my husband is my pastor too. And man, my life would not be what it is without him. Hallelujah. I'm saying it, sir. My God. I was so appreciative today. I cooked the dinner today that looked like Sunday. I did. Now y'all know. I am against cooking ham hocks on a Wednesday. I just don't do that. 
but every now and then, every now and then, you gotta show a little appreciation, amen? But well, in this house, we appreciate God and I appreciate all of you. Man, for your presence in the house of God. There are a lot of things you could have been doing. Man, this is St. Petersburg, Florida, the most beautiful city there is in America. Do you know what you could be doing right now? Sitting on the Gulf, eating some fish from somewhere else, not from here right now. Hallelujah, letting the breeze blow through your hair. Man, it's a beautiful night, but I'm gonna tell you there's no better place to be than in the house of God. Hallelujah, bless God. Anybody, it's your first time worshiping with this bunch? First time in the house? Okay, nope, it's a family fair tonight. Well, I'm glad to see you all, amen. If you're watching by way of internet, good evening. God bless you, tune in. There's a word for you tonight. Let's take a couple of moments and love on each other. Let your brother and sister know why you love them. Let them know why. Bless God. Bless God. Worship and adore Him. Well, it's time to present our tithes and offerings to the Lord. If you need an envelope, just raise your hand and one of the ushers will be glad to serve you. Hallelujah. While you do that, I want to give you a few announcements. Don't forget that we are in the midst of our windows project. The windows should be coming in soon. Hallelujah. If there's no delay, you know, there's shipping delays with all that going on in the panhandle. I don't know where they're coming from, but we're believing by the end of the month, they should be here. Amen. We got pushed back one week. Okay, so beginning of, end of this month, beginning of next month, our windows are going to be here. They're going to be installed. They're going to be beautiful. Praise God. Amen. But don't forget that we are raising $35,000 toward that. And we're so far, uh, you know, a little more than a tenth of a way there. Now, I know God's made our hands stronger than that. And the key is, is to don't get over into fear when God gives you something to release. You're not going to run out. It's impossible for you to run out when you're connected with God. Amen. Uh, don't forget that this Friday night, I'm so excited, is the EGCC Flight Team Super Bowl. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to be uh, at the Ten Pins Bowling Lane in South Pasadena. If you need uh, to map that, you can go right on the church website in the calendar and it'll map you to that. Um, be there on time, 6.30 p.m. Food will be out. Uh, we will begin bowling at 7.15. Remember, there are prizes. Uh, one main prize for the team that uh, bowls the highest score, but also there's one grand prize for individual bowler. Amen? Uh, 
It might be pastor. It might, it might not be. But I don't, I think it will be. I'm not going to tell you he met with a pro the other day. I'm not, no. but he did. It didn't help. But amen. You know, I know you've been practicing. You know, I know you're ready. Just don't come in your feelings because it just might not be your night. Amen. Amen. So that's Friday night. Don't forget that that Saturday morning is the uh, anniversary mass choir rehearsal at 2 o'clock p.m. here in the sanctuaries. So if you're singing with the mass choir, please be be here on time so that you can go through the songs that you need to go through and be out on time. Don't forget that Wednesday, October 31st at 7 o'clock p.m., Pastor's Own Brother, uh, Superintendent Elder uh, William Anderson of the Pentecostal Temple Church of God in Christ, along with his church family, will be here helping us to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Don't forget that uh, November 3rd is another mass choir rehearsal. Remember, uh, Sister Latoya will send out mass emails so you'll know uh, what time to be here. But once again, that's at 2 o'clock. And don't forget the highlight of, well, not the highlight, but another main event will be on November 3rd, our talent showcase. Amen. And I'm so excited, man. People are preparing. I've gotten wind of some things that are going to take place. It's going to be fun. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh and enjoy our brothers and sisters' talents in the Lord. And there are prizes for that as well. However, registration has closed. So if you just got your gumption at the end, it's too late. Next year. Amen. And don't forget that Sunday, November 4th, is the climax of our 20th anniversary celebration. Amen. Here uh, at the church, our own pastor will be ministering. Amen. We're excited about that. We're going to have a beautiful reception immediately following service. And we're inviting everyone to come out. Old friends, old family, you know, people used to hang out with us. Invite them. We want to celebrate together. Make that day a momentous day. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and present our tithes and offerings to the Lord. Of course, these announcements and many others are on our church's website. Just log on. And uh, everything you need is there on the calendar page. Even more information. If you want to just share information with people, plenty of things to share from our church's website. Let's say our declaration together, please. Ready? Read. In your honor, I bring the whole tithe and my free will offering to you. I am sowing this seed as I purposed in my heart, and I sow it freely, generously, and cheerfully. Therefore, I thank you that there is abundant provision for the house of God and for the work of the ministry. I thank you that all needs of this house are always met and there is plenty left over. Now I thank you for financial fullness and overflow in my life. I thank you for rebuking the destroyer for my sake. I thank you that I am made rich in every way so that I can be generous at all times. In Jesus' name, amen. Please bring it cheerfully and teens, after this, you are dismissed the next door.
Father, thank you so much tonight for blessing us and providing for us, supplying all of our needs according to riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that, Lord, as we brought our tithes and offerings into your house, that, Father, you see our act of faith, and that, God, that, Lord, as we have released our tithes and offerings by faith, Lord, we know that your word is true. You will open windows of heaven for us and pour us out such blessing that we don't have room enough to receive it. I pray, Father, that you'll make all grace abound toward us so that we will always have all sufficiency for all things and abound to every good work according to your word. Let it be unto us, Lord, as you've spoken. We thank you that it is so. Thank you that financial miracles are happening in our lives every day. We pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Well, are y'all glad to be here in the house of God tonight? Amen. Praise God. God has been really good to us. How many of y'all were here on Sunday were blessed as uh, Pastor Danny was here minister? Gil, come on, give God a hand for that. What we received on Sunday. What a blessing. We can step over into that river, into that Gulf Stream. And, uh, you know, the Lord, but you know, that, that'll carry us on further and faster than we could go on our own. And that's that sweatless anointing, that grace that God's putting on us. And uh, it's, it's, it's an opportune season, amen? And we want to step into and walk in that. We're so glad to see everybody back tonight. Again, thank you for those of us, those of you who went with us last Wednesday over to Word of Life Fellowship. We had a great and awesome time there uh, ministering and uh, being ministered to on that night. And uh, I appreciate you all uh, traveling well and uh, thank you very much for that. Amen? All right, you ready to get back into what we have been talking about here? Okay, let's open our Bibles <clears throat> to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to start out in the New King James Version. Let's do that. Start in New King James Version. We'll start at verse 3 through verse 8, and then I'll switch a little bit. Romans 12, verse 3 through 8. Praise the Lord. Y'all have that? Okay. Let's read together. Ready? Read. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Praise the Lord. Now I want to take verses 6 through 8 and read from the Passion Translation. 6 through 8, Romans 12, verse 6 through 8 from the Passion Translation. Y'all have that? Okay, read along with me. Ready, read. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others, actively teaching and training others. 
If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Is that good? I want to use for subject tonight using uh, a term that the Passion Translation used a few times there, grace gifts. Grace gifts. Grace gifts. Father, tonight, thank you for the opportunity we have now to spend this time in your word. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to take full control of this hour, of this time. I yield totally to you, Lord. Have your way in me. Speak through me. Speak for me tonight, oh God. And I pray, Father, that your people will all have listening ears and hearts and minds ready to receive. Open our eyes to see everything that we need to see from your word, oh God. And I pray that, God, anything, Lord, that, that, that's been built up in us, Lord, that the word will come to, to, uh, to, con Lord, to, to to, to, to come against that God we, we will receive your word as truth your word is truth and we will stand in the present truth tonight so speak Lord tonight for your servants we hear and we will obey everything we hear we pray in Jesus name so be it amen amen all right take your seats tonight hallelujah grace gifts grace gifts now we've been talking about here for the last uh, several weeks Ever since uh, Rosh Hashanah, as we began, uh, 57, 79, uh, the year on, on the Hebrew calendar, and uh, as we prepare to go into 2019, uh, we've been talking about God's plans and his purposes for our lives, right? And we know that God has a set time for those plans. To everything, uh, there's a time and a purpose, uh, a time for every purpose under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 talks about that. And so God's purposes, God's plans have a set time. We know our things we want to do, our desires, our purposes, our plans. We can go about, you know, anytime we want to, but God's purposes have a set time and we can't rearrange God's time. Right. So the thing for us to do is to begin to work with God's time to operate and get into God's timing. Amen. Amen. And so what we've said is that during this, I know I'm reviewing because, you know, we didn't talk Sunday or last Wednesday. So we got to pick up from a couple weeks ago. OK, so we, we're talking about how. Uh, in, in God's timing for our assignment, for our purpose, God has to release a grace upon us. Everybody say grace. grace. And so the grace that God gives us is not, um, you know, modern preaching. And it's not, I can't say it's modern. It's, it's, just, it's just come back. Uh, preaching has gotten over into sort of a goofy kind of grace, a, a grace that is uh, sort of skewed. You know what I mean? <clears throat> this grace that turns, you know, uh, teaching that turns the grace of God into lasciviousness or this grace that says, well, you know, you can live. How I heard a guy preach this yesterday that now because of grace, we don't have to try to please God. And I thought, wow, this, that's kind of odd because, you know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, I'm making my aim to be well pleasing to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's all New Testament. That's all in, under grace. And this is a guy teaching this goofy grace and they're teaching this kind of stuff that's dangerous to the body of Christ. But we're not teaching that. We're teaching grace as being the divine enablement, the supernatural ability of God that comes upon our lives to, to perform uh, purposes, the things that, that God gives us to do in our lives. Amen? 
And so we, we want to make sure that we know that grace goes with our purpose and it goes with our calling. Amen. Amen. Grace enables us to do what God is calling us to do. Grace is not an excuse or a license to sin. Grace is not, a, not meant to be a cover all for our shortcomings. We'll, we'll, people will preach, and I say we know, not we. They'll preach stuff like that and preach, you know, uh, from the book of Proverbs, the just man falls seven times, but he gets back up every time. And say, because grace covers that. But read the scripture in context, my brother, my sister, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about that just man who falls from calamity. Things happen in his life. Not talking about him falling into sin. Talking about things coming against him. And it says, even though he falls, God will get him back up every time. Which simply means you can't keep a good man down. The same verse says, but the wicked will fall or die by his calamity. You got it? So grace is meant for us to be able to do what God is calling us to do. Amen? Now, I want to look at a verse here. Over, go over to 1 Peter, please. 1 Peter, head towards the back of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 4. Because here's a, here's a few years back, God uh, helped me understand grace long before I even heard about this kind of, you know, awkward, goofy grace that was out here. Uh, he took me to this understanding of grace as he was teaching me about uh, financial grace at that time. So here in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse uh, 7, when you get there, say amen. 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 All right, that's about six of y'all. Everybody get, else got there? 1 Peter 4 verse 7, amen. right before 2 Peter. You got it? Okay, 1 Peter 4 verse 7 says this, but the end of all things is at hand. The end is near, okay? Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. That's a command to us. Above all things and above all things have fervent, hot, fiery love for one another. For love will cover what? A multitude of sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is people. love comes most of you with sin, so God's going to cover us. Yeah, but it's telling us to do that to each other. Okay? Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Now, let's look at verse 10 and 11. Here's my focus here. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold, you remember that from Sunday? Manifold simply means... Uh, uh, a variety, uh, multifaceted grace of God. So we've received a gift, a charisma, right? We are to be good stewards of the manifold grace, charis of God. So his, his grace, his charis, his gifting is multifaceted. It's, 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 uh, it has uh, varying uh, demonstrations, varying manifestations. Y'all stick with me tonight here. And so you and I, it says, we have each one, each one of us has received a gift. Praise the Lord. So everybody, uh, if, if you can, if you, if you have a Bible that you don't mind marking in, you know, circle or underline or highlight each one. Because here's what I want to really drive home tonight. Each one. Each one. Because there, there ought to ought be no bench warmers in the body of Christ. Yes. 
As a matter of fact, there is no bench in the body of Christ. God doesn't even have a bench. There's no, there's no place for you to sit aside and do nothing in the body of Christ. I just want to learn and go to heaven. And there's so many people in the body of Christ who they get saved and all they want to do is just, as long as I make it to heaven. Just want to make it in. Somebody wrote a song about that. Just want to make it to heaven. Just want to make it in. God didn't call you to just go to heaven because if that were the case, the moment he saved you, he would have taken the breath out of your body so that you can now be in heaven with him. He didn't save you to go to heaven. He saved you to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are called, not just saved, but we're called to manifest heaven on earth. And so none of us are saved to do nothing. None of us are saved to just be a pew member. None of us are saved just to be a, I'm, I'm just a Christian. Every, notice what it says here, as each one, everybody say each one. Each one. Look at your neighbor and say, you're included in each one. I know you ain't doing nothing now. Don't, don't tell them that. You ain't doing anything now, but it says each one. Now watch. Now wait, wait. Look, look at what it says here. So each one of us has received a gift. And then it says minister it to one another. So the gift we receive is for us to minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So God has made us a steward over that gift. Which means that when we stand before him, we're not going to have to just answer for, the, for how we live, you know, did we, you know, treat our neighbor right and did we, you know, were we cussing and smoking and drinking, all that kind of stuff. That's, 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 be, that's beyond. See, once you make it to that judgment with God, you're, you're already past that stuff. We're going to have to give an account, the Bible says, of the deeds done in our body. What deeds? Well, did you do what I called you to do? Did you do the deeds I gave you to do? God, I didn't know that I had any deeds. Yes, when I gave you that gift, you're supposed to minister those, that gift to somebody. Come on, am I right about it? Come on, we're already past smoking and drinking, right? We're already past cussing and flipping and, you know, laying around. We're past that, right? Am I talking to the right house tonight? This is the Wednesday, this is the Wednesday night crowd. We're past all that, right? So we got to go into some further things here because we have to give an account to God of what did we do with this gift? I don't know. I had a gift. I'm glad you're here tonight. I'm glad you're here tonight. You're here on the right night. This is your night. Tell your neighbor, this is your night. Because you're going to find out that you have a gift. You might find out you have many gifts. Come on now. You know, I, if, if I were, Tony, if I was in, in the NBA, you know, I probably wouldn't, I, I don't imagine I'd be a starter. You know, I couldn't be out there running with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and all those kind of guys. But, you know, I wouldn't mind a check just for putting on a uniform and sitting on the bench. I'd take it. You know, the, the, the minimum league salary, you know, somewhere around 400 grand. You know, I, I'd take that for 82 games to sit down the sideline and do nothing. I, I'd take it. I'd take it. Glory to God. The team, the team wins a championship. We all get rings. Team wins a championship. We all get a bonus check. 
I mean, that's nice. But the kingdom don't work like that. Tell your neighbor, the kingdom does not work like that. Jesus gave a parable uh, one time about a man who went out to hire men to work in his vineyard. He hired some at one hour. He hired some at a later hour. Hired some at the 11th hour. And he had already agreed with, with what to pay them. And th at the end, those who were hired early got mad because the ones who got hired the last hour got the same amount of money they got. And he said, well, didn't, do it, didn't you and I agree on what you were going to make? Because he had already said, he said, you go out there and work in my field. He says, whatever is right, I will pay. Now, if you don't work, now they had a choice whether to work or not. But the only ones that were going to get paid. Hallelujah. So each one has received a gift. We're to minister to, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Give me verse 11, please. It says, if anyone speaks, this is one of the gifting areas. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Hallelujah. Now, that word oracles in my Bible, that little, uh, uh, little one next to oracles means utterances. So speak the things that God gives you to utter. The sayings of God. Then it says, if anyone ministers, ministers, that word minister doesn't mean preaching. It's talking about serving. Let him, watch this, do it as with the ability which God supplies. That's what grace is, is the ability which God supplies. Y'all got that? It's God's ability gift. Is that clear? Well, it's just favor. Well, it, it includes favor in that God gave you the gift. But what, what the grace really is, it is the ability that comes through the gift. You got it? So it says that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. Now, so again, each one, King James, Pastor Kimmy says each man, every man. Now, every man, that's not exclusive to the male species. It's every person. Every person in the body of Christ has received a gift. How many of y'all tonight, you're saved, you're already born again? Every born again person, raise your hand. If you're born again, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, good. So when you come into the, come into the body of Christ, you receive a gift. In fact, remember we read in Romans 12, we're going to go back to that, uh, in verse... Um, I think it was six or what, whatever it was talking about. Uh, we've all received the measure of faith. Right. OK, so we each receive the gift or a gift, at least a gift when we get born again. Everybody say process. process. So there's a process when you get born again. OK, number one, the first thing that happens when you get born again is discipleship. You need to be discipled. Everybody say discipled. Disciple. Glory to God. D discipled means you become a disciplined one. It means you become a person. Uh, it's, it's going through that mind renewal process. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The unbeliever doesn't get their mind renewed. The unbeliever gets born again. But once you get born again, you have to renew your mind. In other words, you're changing from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. 
You're changing from a civilian to being a soldier. You're changing from being a, a child of the devil to being a child of Father God. And they operate on two different wavelengths, two different frequencies, two different rules of order, two different paradigms, two different mindsets. So we got to take time, first of all, to get our minds renewed. Many people are at that stage. And that's good because you have to start there. I got to start at, at my mind being renewed. But after I have gone and, uh, because you should never stop being discipled. But as you continue in your discipleship process, the next thing that happens to us is discovery. But what's discovery all about? I begin to discover, put up on the screen for me please. I begin to discover my purpose and my calling. See, it's through discipleship as I begin to study the word of God, as I begin to sit under a man and woman of God, or man and woman of God, or whatever the case may be, I begin to hear as I begin to, to pray. I begin to hear, man, I got a purpose, I got a calling. Right. You begin to find out you're not called to be a pew member. You're not called to be a bench warmer. God begins to talk to you about your purpose and your calling. If you've been saved more than two years, you ought to already by now know your purpose and calling. Really, really, you can, you can know it within the first several days. I got, I got born again in February. I was called to preach by April. February, March, April. I preached my first message by April. So it doesn't take 10 years. Doesn't take five years. Doesn't take two years. Hallelujah. The, the, when, when, when Saul... Got born again. Rode to Damascus. But within three days, bam! He knows what he's called to do. He's out there preaching. That's right. That's right. Now, that, what this means is, if you... Now, don't, don't believe me, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just... I'm, but I'm here to stir you up. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to jerk you up. So if you are here and you don't know your purpose, you're listening online, and you don't know your purpose or your calling, then something's something's um, gone wrong in that discipleship process. Because true discipleship uh, always makes you into something. It helps you. Jesus, Jesus he, went, he went to the, to, to get, before they were his disciples. He told them, he said, follow me and I will make you. Oh, y'all to hear me. In other words, no, don't just follow me and then, you know, you just, just be my do boys. No, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. So as he discipled them, they discovered what their purpose and their calling was. He told them from the onset. Boy, y'all look like, man, Pastor Rob. I'm not being rough. I'm just telling you that, that, that you can't sit here for years and never find out why you're here. Heaven can wait. Doggone it. Did you hear what I said? Heaven can wait. You got plenty of time before you go to heaven. But what you going to do here in the meantime? Just chill? No. There's a purpose and calling that God has placed on your... And it's... We, we read this. We'll go back to it. A unique purpose. A unique calling. That only you can feel. 
That's why he, that's the reason why you're on this planet because only you can feel the calling that God gave in your life. Only you can do what God has called you to do. Nobody else can do it. Tell your neighbor, nobody else can do what God calls you to do. The reason why you, you are your height, the reason why you are your gender, the reason why you are your, your race is because it's, it's material to your particular calling and he made you unique to fulfill your unique calling. So in discipleship, in discipleship, I have to have, the, have, have, the, uh, have a time of discovery. I begin to discover, okay. All right, I've been studying the word, learning the word of God. Because you can't be a disciple and study the word of God and don't, don't see purpose in this word. You always saw somebody actively doing something. They were moving, they were moving, they were operating, they were operating, operating, moving. And so you, you go into from discipleship and now you continue into discovery. Then once you discover your purpose, your calling, now you have to, have to move into development. You don't stop being discipled. But now, after you have discovered, now you need some development. Development in what? Because once you find out your purpose and your calling, you ain't ready. Just because you found out what it was, that don't mean you're ready. Although Paul started preaching, he, the Bible, Bible, he said one time, he said, I went and I spent 15 years by myself developing. said, when I received this call, he said, I didn't run and tell everybody. I didn't take counsel with the flesh. 15 years in developing. So many times people, <laughs> people make the mistake of thinking that just because they know their calling that they're ready to run. But you're not developed yet. <clears throat> you got to keep being discipled. And you got to keep being pastored because the development process is to, is to sharpen you and, and to help, help to uh, 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 mold that charisma. Remember that word charisma I gave you? The definition of that talked about how, you know, you involved your personality and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes, you know, your personality needs to be kind of honed a little bit, shaped a little bit. Praise the Lord. You might have a pastor calling on your life, but you're too rough with people. You're always being sharp-tongued. And you can't always be that way and be a pastor. I learned that the hard way. Okay? So you need to be developed. Everybody say, I have to be developed. I got to give God time to train me. I realize my purpose, I realize my calling, but I gotta have to allow God to train me. Once I've, you never stop being discipled. Once I've discovered my purpose and my calling, once I have been developed to a degree where God can release me, the, the last step is deployment. Deployment is where now he, now he can send me out into my assignment. Where now I'm deployed. Deploy means to put into use. To release into use. Anybody who's, in the, who's been in the military, you understand the word deployment. Right? You may not even like that word deployment. <laughs> you know, they call you, okay, now you got to go to Iraq, you got to go to Afghanistan. We just got deployed. All they're doing is saying, all that training you've been through, cuz, it's time to put that training to use. Right, Glenn? All that training you've been through, 
We were just training. We were just messing around there. We were just, you know, it, was, it wasn't real stuff. But now it's time to put what you've learned, what you develop yourself in, to use. The same thing. Are we not called soldiers? Paul said to Timothy, no man who wars entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please him. There's that word please again. That he may please him who called him as a soldier. Everybody say, I've been called as a soldier. Now, some of y'all Navy sailors and, you know, Marine, uh, Marines, you may not like that. And airmen may not like that, but we've been called soldiers. We used to sing that song. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm a soldier. Well, we are. And we're not retired soldiers. So many times people are trying to be retired soldiers or on reserve. I'm a reserve. I'm a reservist. Weekend soldier. Once, you know, one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. That's not, baby, that's not how it works. No, 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 no. No, when, when, once you get deployed, there, there, is, there is no, um, you know, uh, leave. Once you get deployed, there's no leave. This is now your full-time assignment. But you're ready for it. Because that grace has come on your life to enable you to do what God's called you to do. Glory to God. Y'all get anything out of this so far? Okay. Now, go back to uh, 2 Timothy 1.9. That's where we were here a few weeks ago, or the last few weeks. 2 Timothy 1.9. Because this goes along with what we've been saying here tonight. 2 Timothy 1.9 talks about God saved us and called us. Right? So saved us and called us. That's what I was saying. Once you get saved, you go through you do your discipleship process. Then you discover what he called you to. So we're saved and called. So he saved and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Y'all see that? Paul goes on to say, I'm skipping down to verse 11. Paul says, to which I was appointed. Everybody say appointed. He said, I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. So he, he discovered what his assignment was. He took time to be developed in his assignment. Before he went off on that, before he went into all that, the Bible talks about in, in Acts 13, how he was there with all the teachers and prophets. Remember that? Y'all remember that? In Acts 13, verse 1 talks about how they were sitting there, all the uh, uh, teachers and prophets were gathered together, and they were praying. All of a sudden, as they were praying and ministering to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work that I have called them to. Okay? So he didn't just go out there and be an apostle, preacher, and a teacher. He waited on the Holy Ghost to now deploy him. Boy, this is gooder than y'all letting on right here, boy. So many times people try to jump right into deployment. They try to jump too quickly into deployment and have not been through the whole development process. 
they go, they go right from born again to thank this time for deployment. Or they go from born again to, oh, somebody gave me a word. I've been called as a prophet, a priest, or whatever. And all of a sudden now you go from, from, from uh, 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 you don't even go through discipleship. You go right from born again into, into your discovery, into deployment. Run and get business cards and, and letterheads and everything. You know, get, got your little P.O. box and website. Thank you all, everything, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you've not taken the time to be developed. And then don't listen to me at this too. And don't make the mistake of even after you have been deployed that you don't that, that you then disconnect from your covering. Because your covering is there to maintain, maintain your development to continue. We, we always need we always need continuing education. When I was a barber every two years, I had to go through continuing education. Nurses, all some of y'all in this various field, you got to go through continuing education. You got to continue to be developed. Paul in Acts 13, the Bible says that, that, the God, that God says, separate unto me, Saul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called them to do. But you look in chapter 15, and they're right back in Jerusalem being accountable to James and the elders. <laughs> yes, they were. Right there in two chapters later, they're right back in Jerusalem. Sitting before James and the elders. Are you hearing me? So he says, I was appointed this way. Apostle, uh, priest, or preacher rather, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Okay? Now, now let's go to Romans 12. Let's go back over here. That's enough review. <laughs> Y'all got some stuff out of that? Number one was, the, was discipleship, right? Number two was what? Number three? Number four? Deployment. Don't, don't try to deploy yourself. You don't deploy yourself. You have to be deployed. Y'all are uh, military guys and girls here. here. When, they, when you're being deployed, you get your orders. Is that right? That's what they call it. You got your orders. Somebody ordered you. You don't just write your own orders. Yeah, if that was the case, everybody would choose Hawaii. Deacon Gershman, I remember he went, went to the Marines. He got, got a chance to serve over in Hawaii. Like that was, I mean, that joke was like Magna P.I. on Hawaii. In Hawaii. I remember we, he was, he was at a Maserati. You were driving out there, man. And I mean, he was living. He had, he had his own hair care business and everything. I mean. All kind of stuff he was doing, man. How you, how you got that dream set up right there? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you can't just choose that. You have to receive orders. Thank you, Lord. This is good here. This is, this is grown-up talk right here. For Christians, this is grown-up talk for Christians. Because too many baby Christians get a little bit of baby oil on them and go out there trying to operate on their little baby oil you know, baby oil is that they got they got a little, little bit of anointing, little baby oil anointing, and go out there on their own, and the devil end up beating them back because because God didn't tell you to go out there yet. He didn't tell you to go out there yet. He has a set time, so you going on your own. No, he has a set time for his purpose in your life, and he knows when I'm ready. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. He knows when I'm ready. Tell your neighbor, he knows when you're ready. You understand that? He sees you. He hadn't forgotten about you. You're still on his books. Lord, I've been, I've been here just, I've been just a servant. It's been like five years and 10 years. Lord, I've been just a servant. When are you going to put me on that big stage I saw? When is time? When is time? You go ahead of time, you got to pay for the stage. You go ahead of time, you got to compromise for the stage. You got to sell your stole to be on somebody else's stage. But God knows what the, what the time is. Well, you're going anyway. Heaven can wait. Glory to God. Until it's time you keep doing what God has called you to do. Stay in training. Glory to God. Romans 12, are you there? <clears throat> All right. Now, I say through the grace of God given me, I'm in verse 3, to everyone who is among you, not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Okay? Uh, verse 4, we have many members in one body, talking about our physical bodies, but all the members do not have the same function. We dealt with that, right? So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. All right, now, it says we have gifts, having then gifts. Let's switch back over to uh, the Passion Translation, please, for that. Verse 6. Verse 6. It says God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us. Everybody say each one of us. Okay, so each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. How many of us should get this? Each one of us. Each one of us. So each person in this room tonight, each person who comes here on Sunday and calls themselves a part of the body of Christ, each person all over the world who says, I'm, I'm a member of the body of Christ, each one of us has a very, uh, some gift and ministry. That's uniquely yours. So in reality, when you join a church or you join a, join a ministry, what it should be is that either you, you, your ministry is joining a ministry or your ministry is birthed through a ministry. You have to see that. Because if not, people will come and sit in church just to listen and be served. Come, go, come, go, come, go. And never see themselves as having any value to the kingdom because they don't know that they have a unique gift in ministry. So just like our body, remember we just read about our body having many members, not the same function. So if our body is a system of systems, we went through that the other night. We have cardiovascular system and skeletal system and excretory system and uh, you call it some crazy name. Integumentary system. All fancy, da-da-da-da-da. That kind of system. All those systems. But what we understand is our body is a system of systems. 
So what should be happening, Sister Garrett, is that this church should be a ministry of ministries. Awesome. Yeah, we are a ministry, but we are in reality supposed to be a ministry of ministries, a conglomeration of ministries, a cooperation or corporation rather of ministries who cooperate. Yeah, that's right. We work together. We function together. And so if you come here without already knowing your ministry, if you are disciple correctly, you then discover your ministry and now you stay within the ministry and now your ministry is lived out through the greater ministry. Such that, such that the, if allow this please, the head minister, which that would be me, is given the responsibility of helping develop you in and for your ministry and then deploying you out back into the world to go minister your ministry. God told me this several years ago. He said, son, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you gathering followers. I want you developing leaders. So it's never been my interest to have the biggest church in St. Pete or the biggest church in the world that have a church full of all followers. Who cares? How many you got, doc? Who cares? They ain't doing nothing but taking up your air conditioning space. Ninety percent of them, according to stats, ain't even tithing. So that's not my motivation. That's not my goal. That's not my agenda. My agenda is to develop leaders. Is to get people in here and disciple them, help you discover your purpose and your assignment then help develop you in that purpose and that assignment, then deploy you in it. That's why we have things like flight school. I'm glad for the serious thought of preachers and teachers. You don't, don't come to that class just because, well, I can say I checked off something on my list. I went through the class. God, don't waste your time and my time and God's time. That's meant for you to discover something about yourself and then put into use what God has put on the inside of you. Y'all got it? Tell your neighbor there's something great on the inside of you. Tell them there's something awesome on the inside of you. Tell them there is something so unique on the inside of you. Only you can do what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. 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 I belong here. I belong in this ministry. I'm one of the ministries in this ministry. He don't need a bunch of people coming just to be ministered to. That wasn't Jesus' model. Jesus said, I didn't come here to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So you shouldn't come here to be served, but to serve and give your life as a ransom for many. Don't come here to be ministered to. Come here. Now you understand. I understand when you first come, it's to be ministered to. I understand that. In fact, as, we, as I've learned this from being in ministry over the years, you will continue to need to, need to be ministered to. 
But you move from just being ministered to to being ministered through. We don't stay on the minister two level. That's for babies. That's for babies. That, that's for immature folk. But we've got some mature people in the body of Christ. We've got some mature people in this church. You're walking in your calling. You're learning your assignment. You're, you're, you're being shaken. You're being stirred up by this whole message. This whole, this whole thing you realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm more, there's more to me than what I thought. Yes, Lord, I say that. And it has nothing to do with your education. Nothing to do with your history and your past. The purpose and calling was, the purpose and grace was there before time began. Before time began, before you messed up or before you got your, your graduate degree. It doesn't matter how educated you are because God, he doesn't necessarily need the most educated folk to do the most educated stuff. Because purpose and grace supersedes education. It goes beyond that. And each one of us has received a unique gift and ministry. That's uniquely ours. Glory to God. Glory to God. Remember 1 Peter 4.10 said God has graced each of us. Each one of us. Each one. Each one. Each one. Everybody say each one. Each one. I, I don't know how to drive that home anymore tonight. Each one. Each one. Oh, I wish the whole church were here tonight. I pray that they're all listening from home. They're all watching. I hope, I pray that they pick it up tomorrow morning. Understand that they're here. They're here on this planet to, 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 to be used by God. They have a ministry and a gift. See, if more people understood that, I'm just bragging on y'all. If more people understood that, they wouldn't skip Wednesday. They wouldn't just make up in their mind, oh, I don't go to Wednesday nights. I, I just, I don't do Wednesday nights. I have too much going on. Too much going on. Oh, you, you in your ministry on Wednesday night? That what you're doing? You got there, you got there. Your ministry? That's, that's what you're doing? You got there. You're, you're ministering? You're using your unique gift? Is that, that what you're doing out there on Wednesday night? No, no, no. I'm, I got other stuff to go, I got to do. Really? Really? No man who wars entangles himself with civilian affairs that he may please him who has called him as a soldier. So what people do is they get too entangled with civilian affairs. It's just it's civilian affairs. And the Bible says they get entangled with it. Now you don't start out getting entangled with stuff. You know that, right? You know, you don't, you don't start out entangled. You start out just entertained by it. Just interested. Oh, that's, that's nice. Look at that. I'm just hanging out and do that. Before you know it, as you get more involved, before you know it, you're entangled in it and you can't break out of it. You're entangled. So now your unique gift and calling, your, your assignment, uh, the assignment doesn't go away. It's lost. It's not fulfilled. But see, if they understood that, this is why I'm bragging on y'all because y'all are here. If they understood that, they, they understand that they are a ministry part of a ministry. 
and they have to stay divinely connected to that ministry for them to fulfill their ministry. Glory to God. Glory. So work wouldn't get in the way. Huh? Oh, y'all didn't like that. Pastor, people got to work. I, I, I understand people have to work. I understand that. But some people do that and never even seek God. God, I'm greater than this job. My assignment, my ministry is greater than this job. And you are greater than my boss. You are greater than my manager. If you can change times and seasons on this planet, you can change times on this schedule. If you're that big, God, you can change my schedule. See what we've, oh God. We, 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 what, what happens is we, we, we've allowed uh, the material, we've allowed the secular to dictate us out of fulfilling our assignments. Out of being developed, out of being, out of being, out of discovering what God has called us to do. But because I gotta do it. No, you ain't gotta do it. I understand. I'm not telling anybody to quit your job. I'm not telling anybody to do that and just don't show off your. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man, if, if you really want to operate in it, lock, I can lock in faith with you and get your schedule changed. I've seen it happen too many times right up in here where I locked my faith with somebody and I spoke and I commanded. If I, if I can command you to get a job, I can command your schedule to change. And God has used me enough to command people in the jobs. I know my authority. I know my authority. So God can change all that. God can change all that. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. I'm getting stirred up in here tonight. I'm getting stirred up in here tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Woo. Hallelujah. So, go back here. Jesus. Romans 12, verse 6. In the let's go to the passion translation here again. So God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts. So we know that this could mean that there are various gifts and each of us gets one. Or we could also look at it and say that each of us, each of us will get varying gifts. Each person can get varying gifts, plural and ministries. You're not limited to one ministry. You're not some one-dimensional person. One man, he got one talent. One man, he got two. One man got five talents. Each according to his own ability. Hallelujah. And so, so if God has given you, watch this, the grace gift. Everybody say the grace gift. If he's giving you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift. You must activate your gift. You must activate your gift. 
using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. Okay, how many of you all in here uh, believe, by show of hands, you have the grace gift of prophecy? One, two, three, four, five, six. All right. Why don't the rest of y'all think you have it? I don't know. Pastor, I never prophesied. Why not? Why not? Wait, why not? You have to activate it. <laughs> Somebody know about one of twins power. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said the Lord. That I will pour my spirit upon All. upon what? All. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So every believer can prophesy. I did not say every believer is called to the office of a prophet, but every believer can prophesy. But you prophesy according to the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. I can guarantee you that of all you who did not raise your hands, I can, I can, I'd be willing to, 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 to put $2 on it. <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of people put $2 down on stuff in the last few days, didn't they? $2. Boy, everybody's giving away $2. That probably over 50% of you have this gift of prophecy. But you've never used it because you don't have faith for it. You say, you say, I don't prophesy. You say, I don't prophesy. So guess what? You don't prophesy. What would happen if you were to say, I prophesy. Oh, I'm messing with y'all tonight, boy. I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing with y'all Holy Ghost sanctified feet. I'm jigging at you. A prophecy is simply a spoken word from God. It's a spoken word from God that did not come from your brain. And it's not merely you repeating a scripture from the Bible. It's a spoken word from God that many times will manifest itself through something called a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. Something you speak that you don't, well, where did that come from? I don't even know where that came from. I just sense the Lord telling me to tell you. I sense, or say, I sense that the Lord is saying. Has that ever happened to you in your life? Be honest. Has anybody ever sensed God? Have you ever sensed God for yourself? You know, you're praying about something, going down the street, and you sense like, okay, I feel like God's telling me, okay, this is the way to turn. Guess what? You are experiencing prophecy. 
You're experiencing prophecy. <laughs> Hold that right there. 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll, I'll, I'll share it, say this right here. Woo-hoo. Show me where this is, Holy Ghost. Down here in 1 Corinthians 14, drop down to uh, verse, verse um, 18. This is going to take longer than I thought to get through this. But we have plenty of time. Heaven can wait. We're being developed, right? I thank my God are you there, 14, 18? Okay, there you go. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren, do not be children uh, in understanding. However, malice be babes, but in understanding, be mature. Verse 22, let me drop down there. It says, therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Shut up. But prophesying... Is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Verse 24. Verse 24. Verse 24. But if... So imagine the scenario here. So there are times... We will say, okay, everybody just pray in tongues. Come on, this is all praying in tongues. We're doing that, we're doing it, we're just praying in tongues because we know we can also. We're communicating with God. We're not giving messages. This is just us communicating with God. And the Bible says if an unbeliever walks in, he says, y'all nuts. But it says, but if all prophesy, which means we can all stand here and prophesy. Y'all didn't even catch that. It says, but if all prophesy. And an unbeliever, uninformed person comes in. He is convinced by all. Are we still talking about all here? And is convicted by all. This means everybody's prophesying. Boy, that just rocks somebody's boat. That means all of us can prophesy. I didn't say all of us were prophets. I didn't say that. But all of us can prophesy. If you're going to do it, it's using it in proportion to your faith. But most of us, our faith is set at a point, I don't prophesy. Even worse, here's what, here's what, here's, come on, I'm going to just hit somebody right across the, right across your, pop. Even worse, some of us say, I don't hear God. That's what's even worse. I don't hear God. And that's a dangerous place because you're living a lie. You do hear God. My sheep hear my voice. You do hear God. You do hear God. But you've not developed 
in your hearing to recognize and discern God's voice. You keep saying, I'm not sure, is that the devil? Is that me? Is that God? Is that the devil? Is that me? Or is that God? The devil's going to speak a lie. It's going to be contrary to the word. God's going to speak the truth all the time. He's going to speak things that are loving and of good rapport. He's going to speak, he's going to speak things that are, that are noble. He's going to speak things that are just, things that are wise. He's going to speak great things. Well, I thought maybe it was just me. No, it's not you. You're, you're not the source of a thought. You're not the source of a thought. You take a thought. Oh, this is helping three of y'all. You are not the source of a thought. Every thought comes from one of two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. When that thought matches the word of God, you have just heard from the father. Congratulations. You sheep know his voice. Now what happens when you say, you know, this thought just came to me, and then you say it, you just prophesied. You just prophesied. That's all a prophet is doing. What he hears in the dark, he speaks in the light. Most of us, but the problem is we think of prophecy as, thus saith the Lord, in three days thou shalt strike us down Central Avenue, St. Petersburg. And 12 people shall die on the 1st of February. That is, come back down. Come, 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 come back down. You're spooky is what you are. You're spooky. And I don't want to be around you with your spooky self. You're so deep, you're dumb. Back it, back it up a little bit. Pastor Kim mentioned earlier tonight when she was uh, giving a welcome and dressing and everything, she talked about those songs that were sung by like Miriam or by Aaron and by Deborah and so forth. Uh, those ones. They were prophets. You read them, they said they were prophecies. They prophesied these words. They were songs. They were singing prophecy. Hallelujah. Man, man, man. I didn't mean to stick this much on, on prophecy, but this is good. But if, I mean, I just want to make sure this thing says in my Bible, but if all prophesy. Hmm. If all prophesy. Okay. Can I keep going? Can I stay in 14 since I'm there? But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever comes in, so on and so forth, he's convinced by all, convicted of all, and verse 25, thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Verse 26, how is it then, brethren, when you have, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, let all things be done for edification. In other words, everybody ain't got to shout out their little thing at the same time. Verse 27, watch this. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two or at the most three each in turn and let one interpret. 
So in the service, when somebody's bringing a message through tongues, somebody's supposed to, supposed to interpret it. I'm not talking about you praying in tongues. Or so. I'm talking about when there's a message coming forth, somebody needs to interpret that. And you know the difference. This, it has a different frequency. But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him, keep, let him speak to himself and to God. If, nobody is, if, if, there, if there is no interpreter... What? That's another gift. Notice it it said, if there is no interpreter, which means that somebody is identified as an interpreter. I remember last year that the Lord released that upon my life. The gift of tongues and interpretation. See, so it was it was then I started asking this question. Lord, wait a minute. How do I have that gift? Because all my training said we don't have gifts. But when I start looking back through the Bible, it starts saying he gives us gifts. So this tells me that there's, there's going to be somebody in there to recognize, at least one person recognize, who is an interpreter. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Verse 29, is that where we left off? Let two or three prophets speak. And let the others, the others, so there ought not be just two or three. Let the others judge. So you give a prophetic word, everybody don't just go, amen, we received that. Let me, let me judge that. People, people come and give a word, I listen to it. Most time I ask people, hey, write it down. Write it down first, let me, let me, let me read it. Some of them I get. And they go in my pocket. And they never make it out. No, see, I'm, 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 I'm overseer here. And I got to make sure what goes forth is right is from God. And not somebody's, um, you know, they got something in their head. They conjured up something in their soul. People prophesy out their soul. Be, be careful when folk know your business. They start prophesying to you out their soul. They'll prophesy to you right out of their souls. What it is, they just know your business. Amen? Prophecy is for confirmation. Not information. Okay, so when you prophesy, I'm almost done here. Uh, let two or three prophets speak. And the others judge. Verse 30, but if anything is revealed to another who sits by... Let the first keep silent. Watch verse 31. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. So you can all prophesy. Mm-mm-mm. I didn't. I didn't see this going this way tonight, man. I had no no in, inclination on that. You can all prophesy, but you have to use it in proportion to your faith. So stop, please. Scott's honor. I will never say again. I can't hear God. Scout's honor. 
I do not hear God. I will not use those words. Those words are no longer in my vocabulary. I hear God all the time. Say it. Say, I hear God all the time. Say, God is always talking to me. I'm one of his sheep. He is my shepherd. I hear his voice. I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I will not follow. I hear God. I hear God. Train yourself in that. I hear God. I hear God. You want to practice it? What you do is, is through your day, when you hear something come up, say it. Just say it. <laughs> I think we should turn this direction. I sense the Lord telling me we're supposed, to, we're supposed to go down this road. Don't just turn down the road. I mean, I'm not talking about practice with somebody else in the car because they're going to start looking at you kind of funny. You know, they're going to call Uber. You know, I don't want to ride with them. I'm talking about, I've heard, I've heard people say, uh, Sister Gloria Copeland, I've heard her say it. I've heard uh, Billy Bram say it about uh, Brother Copeland too. Practicing his presence. Practicing his presence. Practice his presence. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Man, 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 man. Okay, go back to Romans 12 and, and 6. Let me, let me just, just try to finish this off here. We'll, 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 we got just a few more minutes here. My clock stopped early. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so... So if God, down in the middle here, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. Now, I'm, I'm not, let me just make sure I, I give this caveat. I am not trying to imply everyone has the grace gift of prophecy. But I am, I am willing to stretch, stretch out, stick my neck out and say, that more of us have it than don't have it. Because prophecy you'll find, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 2 I think it is, prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. And we need that in the body of Christ. Acts talks about the church, they walked in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The book of uh, Haggai, I believe, talks about, or Ezra talks about how they prosper through the prophesying of Haggai. So the church prospers when there's prophecy. So the Bible says, despise not prophesying. So I'm willing to stretch out and say, and I believe the Holy Ghost is backing me up on this, that more of us do have this gift than don't have it. We just have not brought our faith level to a point we walk in it. Yeah, that's what we want to say. God, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Yeah, except that prophecy stuff. I don't know about that. <laughs> Most of us be scared of prophecy because we say the prophet people, they be weird. And they are. People in the office of prophet, if they, especially in the office of prophet, you're weird. People, people in the office of prophet, prophet get weird assignments. Like lay on your side 
Was that Ezekiel, the Lord told him to lay on his side for a long time? One of them had to cook with his own feces. One of them had to go and marry a harlot. I mean, prophets get some weird assignments now. <laughs> okay, so I'm not, I'm not trying to put that on you, but I'm saying we can all prophesy. All right, but notice what it says here. You must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. So notice, again, activate your gift. Everybody say activate your gift. Activate your gift. Okay. <clears throat> now, um, we, the gift is activated by faith. Okay? In proportion to our faith. Let me, let me read verse 7 and 8, then I'll come back to this. Verse 7 says, if your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. Now, what, what, what he's given here is a list of ministries. So every person in the body of Christ, I'm just going to limit it to this church. Everyone in this church, you're called in one of these areas. So let's, let's find you right now. All right? Gift of prophecy. Okay? You, somebody say, well, I don't think I'm in that one. All right? Grace gift is serving. Because it's got to be one of these. At least. This is, a, this is an exhaustive list. It's got to be one of these here. Uh, serving others. And it said, if you're going to do it, then you know, thrive in serving others well. How are you going to do that? By grace. You're going to serve others by grace. I can't serve nobody. I ain't, I ain't down with that. I, no, listen, man, when, service, when the true service anointing comes on you, you'll serve. You don't get tired. You'll serve with excellence and vigor, man. Serving doesn't make you less than. Glory to God. Jesus himself became a servant. Now, if you're if you bigger than Jesus Christ, then prove it. Show me something. But if not, be willing to serve like he did. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then, act, then be actively teaching and training others. <laughs> that means you don't wait on the opportunity to stand behind this, this podium. You better teach something. Teach somebody somewhere. YouTube. Well, be careful with that because people all become YouTube pastors and, you know, get in trouble. But as many nursing homes, as many children's homes, as many schools that need good news programs and I'm called to teach. Do it. I believe you. I believe you. Do it. Well, I don't know. You're not called. See, if you call, you can't escape it. If you, if you call, man, you just, I got to do it. You're just chomping at the bit. Glory to God. All right, let me just keep going here because I got to come back. So then, then be actively teaching, teaching and training others. Teaching and training others. Verse 8. Verse 8. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, if you have that Barnabas anointing, then use it often to encourage others. That's a grace gift, to be an encourager. Yeah, Tamara's got that one. That's, that's, she got that grace gift of encouraging. That girl to write you a letter, boy, or write, or send you a card, or a text or something to just praise God. Man, man, man. Not everybody has that. That's all right. Everybody doesn't have to have that. But God will have somebody in the church that has that. 
and probably more of you have it than you know. Amen? You just got to remember we're activating all this stuff by faith. All these things by faith. He says if you have the grace gift of giving, there's a grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others. There's a grace gift for that. You mean, you mean God, somebody in the body of Christ, there are people in the body of Christ called to help other people? To give? Well, if you are, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. So when that grace, financial grace is on you for that giving, he's going to bless you financially. But you have to activate it by faith. Some people have it. Some, all of us are called to be givers. All of us are called, and all of us are blessed to be a blessing. But then obviously there are some people who they get a special gifting or a special anointing to bless and help other people, to meet other people's needs. They do it effortlessly. They do it without thinking. They do it just, you know what, just, uh, you know, I got it. Somebody needs help, they're not going to call a church and call anybody else, but you know, I got this. I got this. They take care of it. They're going to they gonna put something together. They, are, they, they probably, they probably got, got a garage stashed with stuff. If they coupon and they coupon and not because not they trying to, they, they ain't going to have no yard sale to coupon. They coupon and they got, they got stuff all stashed in their garage all sitting there already. My wife, boy, it's so funny because at our house, you know, you got, uh, we've, you know, for the most part, four kids we've had in the house all a long time. And four kids in the house, and you know, you, open, you have several boxes of cereal. You know what they do, right? They're going to try to open all the boxes of cereal. They're going to open all, one of everything. I'm going to say, don't do that. You never know when somebody's going to come to the house and they're going to need a box of cereal. Oh, I just want some Captain Crunch, baby. I just, you know. I don't think about nobody coming to the house and need some cereal. I'm thinking about getting some Captain Crunch right now. I don't want to rough up the roof of my mouth for a minute. <laughs> but no, she's thinking, no, keep, keep a box here. So somebody come, they need, we can box of cereal. People need cereal. People need cereal. All right. Let, let's, 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 uh, let me go back to verse six and use this as our uh, disconnection point here in this area. Again, verse 6 says, now remember this works for all these gifts and for any gift. So it says, if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. Now, I, I submit to you that that's how you activate every gift. Every gift is in proportion to your faith. Now, this takes me over to, and I'll just give you this, this as a sort of an introduction to where we'll go uh, later on down the road next time I get to preach. 1 Corinthians 12. Let me just give you a preview of that. Has this helped anybody tonight? Yes, Y'all fooling me? You pulling my leg? Are you just you serious? Okay. So remember, we're activating this gift of prophecy by faith. Using it in proportion to our faith. You have it, but you have to activate it. Okay? 
So everybody's from, most people are familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right? The list of the nine spiritual gifts. Okay, look at verse four. Look at verse four real quick. Got a couple minutes left. There are diversities of gifts or charisma. That, that word there is charismas. So we can say there are diversities of charismas, but the same spirit. Then it says there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. So we've covered now gifts and we've covered ministries. Then it says there are diversities of activities or operations. How it's carried out. But it is the same God who works all in all. So notice we see here gifts, ministries, and activities, spirit, Lord, and God. All involved here. Right? Yeah, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, and God. Same Spirit, same Lord Jesus, same Father God. Involved in these activities. All right? Different gifts, different ministries, different activities, but they're from the same source. Got it? Now watch verse 7. This, is, this will be our, our, our point here. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to a few select special people. To who? Each one for the profit of all. So here we go again with this same phrase, each one. So people will say, well, I don't, I don't have any spiritual gifts. I'm just, I'm just a member. You a lie. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You have, because if you're part of each one, then there's something on, in this list that we'll talk, to, talk about next time that is, God has already imparted to you, in you. Either you just don't know it yet or you're trying to hide it. Or, you're try, or you've not increased your faith to be able to operate in it. You're walking in fear. You're walking in fear. I don't want to be one of those spooky people, or, you know. I don't want to be one of those hooter hooter people. <laughs> but you are already a hooter hooter person. You feel with the Holy Ghost, you are already a hooter hooter person. Now, let me, let me explain this and then, and then we'll, we'll quit here in a moment. When you see the word manifestation there, and this is what, what I was stuck on for a long time because I was taught by some very, I don't want to say directly by them, but by their people's teachings, that we don't receive a gift, we receive a manifestation of spiritual gifts, which means that God will manifest a spiritual gift through you, but it don't mean you have the gift. It's just he used you this time and then he might use you again 10 years from now. Maybe he'll pick you today and then maybe he'll pick you, you down here down the road for something else. But let's look at that word manifestation. The word manifestation is Strong's G5321 phanerosis, which means manifestation. 
Got it? Makes sense so far. But it comes from Fenero'o. Uh, I'm saying that wrong, but just accept what I'm saying. Which means exhibition. In other words, figuratively expression. By extension, it means a bestowment. When something is bestowed on you, it's given to you. And when something is given to you, it's yours to have. It's yours to keep. So God, this helped me out big time, ladies and gentlemen. He actually bestows gifts on his people. So you can actually have the gift of prophecy or the gift of tongues or the gift of interpretation of tongues or word of knowledge or word of or any, any of those nine gifts that we know so well. And the only difference is there are differences of administrations. There, there are differences here of, of um, gifts, ministries, or, and differences of Activities. So how they operate. When they operate. May be totally different. But doesn't mean you, ha- you don't have it. Now this, I'm, just, I'm just trying to rattle your cage a little bit tonight. The Holy Ghost won't trying to do that. Because he's trying to get us. Because here, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. There's a song that... that uh, uh, one of my favorite singers in the world sang this song, and I loved it. It says, when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. Problem. David didn't wait on the Spirit of the Lord to come upon his heart. He just danced. And what happens is, because this is how, how I grew up in my Pentecostal denomination. I grew up like this, that you don't speak in tongues unless the Holy Ghost make you speak in tongues. You first pray, you first uh, tarry, you first get filled with the Holy Ghost, you might speak for a good five, ten minutes, and then that's it. For the rest of your life, unless he makes you speak in tongues, you got to feel some kind of unction to make you speak in tongues. But that's totally against the word of God. Because Apostle Paul said, what will I do? I will pray in the spirit. I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with understanding. So he said, I can do what I make myself do, yield to, to, my, yield to do at any time. Is this helping anybody? So that means you and I, right now, if I said, all right, let's all pray in tongues, we'd have to say, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, let me, let me wait on something. Let me wait, let me wait, let me wait. Mm. You can just open your mouth and say, okay. But that don't sound like nothing. It may not sound like nothing for a while. But you'll hit a place. It don't mean it's not effective. It just means you don't feel like anything. Most times you don't feel like anything. And what happens is the spiritual gifts are the same way. You don't have to 
feel anything for a spiritual gift to be operating in your life. And the problem is most of us in the body of Christ have been taught that we're waiting on the manifestation. So then we're waiting to feel something. And here you are with the word of knowledge. God is God. You he telling you something, but I don't feel anything. And so remember, these gifts are given for the profit of all. So somebody in your in your audience is supposed to profit off of what God has given you. But if you're waiting on a feeling, that person goes home the same. That person leaves your presence the same and you are carrying their answer. Gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Well, Lord, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel anything. He already told you basic commandment, go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a basic command. Are y'all hearing me? I can tell by looking at y'all face, y'all like, what? That's great. I like it. I like it. Because God is raising us up. This is the end time, man. This is the end time. And so, and so I believe it's unintentional by those in the body of Christ, but I believe it's very intentional by the enemy. It's been to hide or keep us from walking in this sort of knowledge so that we don't, we don't walk in what God has put on the inside of us. We're sitting around waiting for a feeling. Waiting on, I'm waiting on some kind of unction. Mm. Oh, ha, ash, ah, oh. And, we're wait, and that's, that's good, that's good. But you don't need a uh to move in, out of the things of God. Oh, we don't need, you don't need that. It's good. I'll take it, but you don't have to have it. I mean, we, we want that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting that down. Trust me, that's when the, when the Holy Ghost says, oh, glory to God. I mean, that's, that's good. But you can't wait on that to move in your, in your gifting and your calling. Because by that time, someone who was supposed to profit from your ministry has already left your presence. So, let me read this again for you. So manifestation is, is exhibition, but it comes from the word which means uh, a bestowment. So bestow means to convey as a gift. So each of us has one or more of these, of these gifts that have been bestowed on us. Given to us. Tell your neighbor, you have a gift. Tell them you have a spiritual gift. Tell them you have at least one. You might have all nine. Now, generally, and I don't have time to go into this. Oh, I'm, I got I to quit. This is, I'm, it's late. Generally, these nine will help match up to what we read earlier in Romans 12, but also what we'll get to later on, uh, uh, maybe next week or so, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 28, which talks about God has set some in the church, first apostles, some then prophets, then he said, and teachers, then he said workers of miracles, and he's talked about helps, talked about administration or governments and so forth. So what happens is these, these particular uh, administ- these particular ministries will, will sort of line up with your calling. 
So, for example, if you are called to the office of an evangelist, you need the gift of the working of miracles. Acts chapter 8, when Philip went out to Samaria preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God, the Bible said, and here they were, they were in a pagan land, uh, listening to this, this guy, uh, Simon, uh, all his things he was doing because he was doing all these crazy demonic things. And the Bible says that, that the people, they gave, they gave heed to the things that Philip said when they heard and saw the miracles that he did. He's called Philip the Evangelist. So as an evangelist, he needed this gift. He couldn't be out there preaching and just wait. Well, let me see if I feel something. <laughs> well, I sure hope God manifests that. <laughs> I sure hope God manifests that. So what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Remember, we're a ministry of ministries. So what happens is we come to our church, say, welcome to Exceeded Grace Christian Center, where miracles happen. And then we sit there and say, I hope God manifests something. And the church said amen. amen. That was the sorriest amen I've heard my whole existence. Woo, y'all like amen. I'm telling you this because that means God's ready to change that. He's not mad at us about this. He's not mad at us. This is all part of our learning and development. And the reason you're here is because he, he knows he can trust you to receive this and walk in it and not get stupid. Not go out and just start doing stuff. Nah, ooh, I got something on me. Ooh, you, you, you ain't going to do that. You're going <laughs> to go slap upside the head. Bam, no, you ain't going to do that. No, I'm going I'm to listen to God. Because Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ walked with all nine spiritual gifts, right? I said, Jesus Christ walked with all nine spiritual gifts, right? You can see it right through his ministry. All nine spiritual gifts came and manifested through his life. And yet he said, I only do what I see my father do. See, he knew how to control. But at any time, he knew. He didn't, so Jesus Christ, when he needed to, to uh, uh, remember his, his, his cousin, uh, John the Baptist died. Jesus is there. He's grieving. But he, all of a sudden the crowd comes and the Bible says he looked and he had compassion on them. The Bible says he went and he healed them. He didn't go and say, all right, Lord, let's see if I can, let's see if I can work up something. No, he just turned around and st start healing. Lord, he understood this gift is on him all the time. Are y'all hearing this? It's on you all the time and not just in church. That means when you're in publics, the gift is in you. Y'all miss that. When you're at publics, when you're at, at, at the mall, when you're at the, at the car wash, the gift is still in you. Because I guarantee you, you run into people everywhere you go who would profit from the gift that's on your life. And that's why God puts it there. Amen. That's all y'all can handle tonight, right? That's enough, Pastor. That's enough for one night, Lord. Lord, Holy Ghost, that's enough. Grace gifts. We'll come back and we'll, we'll get more into this because I want to teach on. Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's good. That's good. I want to teach on these spiritual gifts.
we could use a refreshing again in these spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, put it on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, go to the King James. Remember I just taught about covetousness? I taught on that for a while. Thou shalt not covet. God hates covetousness. But give me 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 in the King James. What? All I teach it against covetousness, and then God tells us, covet earnestly the best gifts. Wait a minute. If I couldn't have it, why would he tell me to covet it? Just covet it. So, so you can have it. I want you to have it. Everybody say, I have spiritual gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have spiritual gifts. Now, what you're doing is we're, you're being discipled. And what you're doing is you're, over the next few days, if you're covering, if you're praying, if you're hearing what we're preaching and you're praying is when you go on tonight, you're going to be saying, all right, Lord, show me. Tell me what, what, what you give me. What you put in me. What all do I have? Some people, you already have some, some kind of a clue. You just didn't know what it was. You've already been operating in it to an extent. You just didn't know fully what it was. See me praying, all right, Lord, show me. Make it clear to me what my gift is. All right, and then develop, help me develop in this so I can walk in what you've put in my life because what you've put in my life is for the profit of all. It's not for you. It's for others. Amen? Thank you, Lord. I declare tonight we're a brand new ministry. We're a brand new ministry. We're a ministry of ministries filled with gifts and callings that God is going to help us, every one of us, activate. This is going to be one of the most powerful churches in this region. I'm telling you that. One of the most powerful churches in this region. You're going to be some of the most powerful people on this planet because you're not going to sit there on your gift any longer. Amen? Father, thank you tonight for the word we've received. Thank you for each person who's gathered here to hear the word. I thank you, Lord, that we have heard revelation knowledge from you tonight, God, that we admit has challenged us, has challenged how, how we've thought, have challenged what, what we believe and what, what the things we've been taught. But Lord, we accept that your word is true. Let you be true and every man a liar. We want your word to have first place and priority in our lives, oh God. And so God, whatever you have said tonight to us, we take it as truth. Now I ask you, Father, for myself and for all these your precious sheep and for those who are watching us online, those who are listening down later on down the road, that as we pray, maybe even as we add fasting, we hear, we begin to discern the calling, the giftings, the anointings that are on our lives. We, we begin to discover our ministry or our ministries that you've given us. We begin to recognize the grace that you've placed upon our lives to know that God, there's a purpose for us. There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason not just why we're here on this planet. There's a reason why we're here in this church. There's a reason why we're in this gathering of ministers and ministries so that we can operate together and bring, cause your kingdom to come in this region as it is in heaven. To cause your will to be done in this region as it is in heaven. Now I pray, Father, that as we become more aware of our gifts 
and our callings, that we'll activate all that by faith, walk in the grace that you've given to us before the world, before time began, and that we'll fulfill the ministry you've given every one of us. I thank you that it's so. We give you praise and glory and honor for it all. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give God one more big hand of praise tonight, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, that's good teaching in there. That's good for me. Strong stuff. We need that. Amen. No, no more bench warmers because there's no bench in the kingdom of God. All right, so tomorrow, uh, nothing's tomorrow. Third, Friday night, bowling night, amen. Everybody's getting ready, excited for that. Again, food will be served probably at 6.30 p.m. We're at 10 Pin Bowling Lanes out on Pasadena. And so food, be, food will be out there right at 6.30 p.m. So come on and be a part of that. Bowling will begin promptly at 7.15. And so again, prize for the uh, uh, highest scoring team and prize for the highest scoring individual. So we look forward to a great time. We'll award those prizes on Sunday. This coming Sunday, our celebration continues with Pastor Kimberly Denise Anderson. My wife is going to preach the word of God on Sunday. Praise the Lord. That's a bad, I mean, a good girl. I can't say bad. Good girl right there. Awesome woman of God. And uh, she's going to be preaching on Sunday, so the, the celebration continues. Don't forget, uh, we'll, we have our uh, following, the following week, uh, Pastor William Anderson here on next Wednesday night, and then our talent show on Saturday night, and then our main, our highlight service, uh, not a closeout, but our highlight service on November the 4th, and I'll be preaching on that Sunday for the main service. And then the following Sunday, uh, my spiritual dad, Apostle Philip David Derber, will be here uh, on that morning and evening. So Sunday morning at 1030 and Sunday evening at 7 p.m. It's going to be a powerful, powerful time. And uh, I've already got sort of a clue of what he's talking about. The Lord has showed us some things for 2019 uh, early. And God gave him, told him to release 2019 now. And so we're going to get a head start on next year. Amen. So we look forward to that. And uh, so praise God. All right, let's stand and be dismissed. All parents, don't forget your children next door. They will be locked out in the dark. <laughs> Amen. Grab hands about the next to you. Our Father, our God, our Lord, our Savior, and our friend. We love you. We love you because you first loved us. We love you because you gave Jesus Christ for us. We love you because of all the great things you've done, you're doing, and the things that you've already promised that are yet to come. So many reasons why we love you, Father. We thank you, Lord, if just that you love us best. Now I pray that as we leave tonight from this place, that your presence and your spirit just continues to lead us and guide us. We know you'll be with us, but we're asking you to lead us. Take the lead, Father. We'll follow you wherever you go, Lord. Guide and direct our thoughts, our steps, our words. Order our steps in you, Father. Cause us to walk into um, a beautiful territory, a beautiful land. Cause us to walk into the, into the greatness of our inheritance, oh God. And I pray, Father, to walk in divine health. I speak divine health. I speak divine life. I speak divine favor. 
I speak divine blessing. I speak divine prosperity. I speak divine peace. I speak divine wholeness. I speak divine wisdom, oh God, in the lives of every one of your people tonight. Think of that, Lord, we'll experience heaven on earth. Take our lives and do something extraordinary with it, we pray. Bring us back this Sunday, Father, without the loss of one. We'll be careful and mindful to give you all the praise, the glory, and all the honor we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless. We love you. Have a great night. We'll see you on uh, Friday night. Friday night.